Hello and welcome to The Court Jester, the podcast that brings you one saucy medieval tale after another. I am Cleopathenu, medievalist and storyteller, and before I dive with you in the pits of the most obscene comedy of the Middle Ages, I am going to warn you. Today's story is again a fablio, which means that it was written several hundred years ago and a lot of the humour and the concepts that are included are outdated. The fablio are generally misogynistic, gender binary, violent, ableist and disturbing in many ways. Today's story is quite mild. There's the odd swear word here and there, but nothing too bad, especially compared to other ones we've already seen. However, it's wise to consume this content in context and if you're not feeling like it, maybe you want to come back another time. For those of you who are feeling like it, Let's go talk about the Knight of the Red Robe. Once upon a time, in one of the lands of the kingdom, there lived a brave knight, a very valiant and great knight who lived a life without blame. And he was in love with a woman who had the unlucky fortune to be married. Married to another, that is, and her husband was quite rich. But also, he existed which posed the problem for our knight who really wanted to get into her heart and bed. And as if that was not enough, she also lived a bit far away. However, he was determined, determined to win her over and tried and tried and tried until eventually she agreed to give him her love. And they both waited for the right time. The moment came when her husband had to go away in business. As husbands do. And while he was very caught up into making all the arrangements for his trip, she was making all the arrangements for her guest. As soon as the husband left the house, she sent for him, and he put on his finest clothes, his best robe in crimson red, lined with ermine fur, a really expensive piece of clothing and very pretty too, and it looked so good on him. And then he took his horse... And he took his hounds, and he took his hunting hawk, and left. Dressed in his Sunday's best, our lover rode through countryside. Soon he reached his beloved's house. He tied his horse up, left his sparrow hawk perched on a tree, left his hounds under the same tree, and quickly ran up to her bedroom when she was waiting for him. And she was waiting in bed, naked, and as he walked in, she asked him to get naked too and join her in the bed. She looked so pretty, and he was all too eager. So very quickly, he dropped his crimson robe with the ermine fur on the foot of the bed, took all his clothes off and jumped in bed with her. I'm not going to tell you what they did. I think you know that. And they kept doing the same thing all night. As they were going about their pleasurable business, her husband, naturally, had to come back early, didn't he? And as he approached his house, he saw a horse and two hounds and a sparrow hawk tied under his tree. Whose is that? He thought, that's not mine. That must only mean that someone else is up there with my wife. Thankfully, the loving couple found out that he was approaching before he could get into the room. So, as usually happens in these cases, the man jumped out of the bed, put on as many clothes as he could manage and took the rest with him as he hid behind the bed. And she threw on him whatever spare blanket she could find, making a pile of clothes in the room and then just stayed in bed as her husband walked in, looking completely inconspicuous. What is this? 
he walked into the room, shaking with rage. Lady, I know you have someone in here. Where is he? Tell him to show his face. Why would you think that? She said with the most innocent-looking face in the world. Why do I think that? There's a horse downstairs, and there's two hounds, and there's a sparrowhawk, and there's a red, really good-looking cape on the bed that's not mine. Oh, that old thing. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, I know what this is about. No, you're mistaken, my darling. This is my brother. My brother was here. You you literally just missed him. He came here and he, he, he wanted to see you. And he brought you gifts. Uh, he brought you his best looking cape. It's, as you can see, it's lined in ermine fur. It's really pretty and like red crimson wool touch it. It's really, really nice. I mean, it, it's one of the best things I've seen. He brought this for you because he said he holds you in such high esteem that he didn't want to have something so pretty himself and he wanted to give it to you. And this is also why he, he brought his best palfrey and his two best hounds and his uh, favorite sparrow hawk. And he left them downstairs for you to find. And then he, he took another horse and, and just went back. You literally just missed him. Is that so? Said the husband. Well, sure, yes, and I tried to convince him not to, because, you know, this is this is too much. Too much gift-giving for one person, and I wasn't really comfortable receiving all that, but he insisted so much, and I didn't want to make that decision for you, my love. And also, like, it's getting late, you're very tired, do you want to come to bed and not think about this ever again? Look at the new cloak you have. And with good words, and with exceptionally crafted manipulation, she drew him to bed, and went about doing the same thing she was doing with her lover just a few minutes ago and held him in her arms until he was fast asleep. And when he started snoring, she kicked her lover out of the blanket fort that she had made for him and quickly he got up, took his cape, took the rest of his clothes, ran downstairs, got up on his horse, took the hounds, took the sparrowhawk and disappeared into the horizon. Soon the husband woke up, and if it was too soon for the lady, who didn't get a wink of sleep all night, she didn't show. As soon as he got up, he ordered his servants to bring him his new, expensive and incredibly good-looking red-red robe. Which one? said the servant. Oh, the red one with a, with a fur lining. Sire, you don't have a red cloak with a fur lining. You have a green one, do you want me to get that one? No, I want the fur one, the, the new one, the red one that my brother-in-law left here yesterday. What's this you're talking about? said his wife as she entered the room. I'm asking him to get me the robe that your brother left for, for me yesterday, last night, when I came back. What do you mean? she sounded perplexed. The red robe, the red cloak that was on the bed when I came back last night and you said your brother brought it for me and took it off his own back to give it to me? How dare you? She looked at him, looking very angry. How dare you? How dare you think I'd allow this? What a present from your brother. Do you think I would allow you to wear my brother's hand-me-downs? Is this what you think I think of you? Is this what I would allow people to say about how I'm keeping my household, that my husband is wearing my family's hand-me-downs? What else did he give you, pray? Well, he, you, you said he gave me his horse and his hounds and his sparrowhawk. Well, no doubt you wanted those, didn't you? And do you think I would allow you to live on anyone else's charity? A man like you, a man so well known about his wealth and about his means and about his liking for good things. If you want a red cape, go get one. Don't get the charity of other people or the hand-me-downs of other people. Oh my, this is just despicable. How dare you think about that? 
The husband turned to the servant. You did see the robe. You did see it on the bed this morning when I came in, didn't you? But that's where the problem lies. Because the lover, the knight, he was so well liked. And the lady was also so well liked. And she was the one running the household. So when a servant is asked, whom are you going to support in this? The lady whom you work with every day? Or the man of the house whom you never see for weeks at time? I think the lady. And that's what he thought too. I have no idea about any cape or robe made of red wool and lined with fur of ermine, said the servant. None of the other servants had seen a horse in the garden, two dogs under the tree, or maybe a sparrow hook on the tree. So the husband is now thinking, what's wrong with me? I did see these things. I, I know I saw these things. Are you possessed by any chance? She asked him. Are you having visions? Are the devils upon you? Do you think that might be the case? Do, do you think I might be possessed? He asked. Oh, God have mercy. Oh, you know, it might be likely, she said. Didn't you promise last year? Didn't you promise that you will go on a pilgrimage and then never went for it? Oh, my, I did, I did promise to go on a pilgrimage. And I didn't go. Do you think this is God's punishment? Did he send the devils of hell to cloud my mind like this? I do not know said his wife, but perhaps it will be worth you going on the pilgrimage and see if it gets any better, because this, this is not good, my dear. If it keeps going, it's going to start affecting other things. It, you're going to start seeing things and maybe it will affect your work and other things that you're doing. And do you really want to make God angrier with you? I think go and go for the big pilgrimage. Go to Santiago. You know, that's what I'm going to do, he said. I'm going to go to Santiago and then on the way back, I'm going to stop to another village another pilgrimage site and then to the other on the way back and I'll, I'll take the long way back I'll, I'll go through all the pilgrimage sites just to be sure that i've got all the saints and no one's offended and they call back the hounds of hell that have been clouding my mind like this yes that's what i'm going to do she encouraged him but i thank my husband that you speak with wisdom and i think you need to set this right she said and she bid him bon voyage having convinced him that his eyes were lying to him and that his mind was failing, and that the demons of hell were out to get him. And as if this was not enough, since he was going to be in penitence, she stayed out of the marital bed for the next three days to save him from committing further sins. Now what did we learn from this fabliaux? We've learned that when your wife tells you that this is not what your eyes see, you should believe your wife, believe that this is not what your eyes see, and do exactly as she says, and your soul will be saved from eternal torment. I mean, that's evidently clear. This was the story of the Knight of the Red Robe. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know, and please subscribe to The Court Jester on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, ask me questions. Find me on social media, I've put links in the show notes. And tell me, what do you think? What do you want to talk about? There's also the link to the translation that I'm using and for the title music. And last thing before I go, The Court Jester is the work of a medievalist, myself. And if you're feeling generous, you can support the podcast on Patreon. Your patronage gives me a sense of achievement that I don't otherwise get and the ability to give you more stories from the Middle Ages. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>